the book of uh, John. I'd invite you to turn there. We, we saw a few weeks ago that he is the winemaker, the Lord over the molecular, the minutiae in our lives, that he is the transcender, the one who schedules divine appointments for us uh, in an instant all around the world, that he is the water-walking daredevil, silencing the storms and calming our fears. And finally today, John's going to be describing the grave robber. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a story, 44 verses, and uh, I've asked uh, Dave and Brady Hall to come and uh, to share with us in kind of four installments this story. Come, guys. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. 78 Superman movie came out starring Christopher Reeves. And Superman's heartthrob, Lois Lane, she's driving through the lonely Nevada desert when a crevice suddenly opens up through an earthquake and swallows her and her car whole. Superman can't get there in time. He's busy fighting crime and saving the world somewhere else. But when he discovers that Lois is dead, he does what any of us would likely do. He begins to fly around the earth, slowing, stopping, and reversing the earth's rotation. The science proves it. Um, he, he turned back time. And, and, and in how many ways we wish we could just go back turn back time, un- undo the past, start over, get a, get a second chance. But some things just can't be undone. You can't unbake cookies. You can't uncut hair. You can't unrun that red light. What's done is done, right? I mean, there's, just, there's no rewind button for life. But for Mary and Martha, the, the clock was running out. So, Jesus, come now. Hurry up before it's too late. I I, I wonder if there's maybe some Mary and Marthas in the room today. Maybe you've received some horrible news. Things aren't going well right now. You've been sending word to Jesus, crying out to Him, I need you to come. Come and fix this. Come and do something. You need to show up now. But seemingly He's yet to arrive. Seemingly, he's yet to do what you've been asking, and and you're wondering if maybe it's too late. Jesus said to his disciples when he received the word, this sickness will not end in death. He he tells his disciples, you just watch. But then instead of rushing to the scene, swooping in with his cave, or with his cape, he, he, he just sits back and seemingly... Checks his sovereign divine watch and waits. Have you ever gotten mad at God? 
Just, just wondered, God, what are, you, what are you waiting for? Have you forgotten me? And you just tell him so? Or, or, or maybe in our irritation with God, we, we just disengage. Hear the faithful prayers of God's people recorded for us in the Psalms. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Remember me. <laughs> See my circumstances. I need you to come now and fix this. Save me from death. Hurry up, God. You know, it's, it's okay to be honest with God, to continue to engage Him, even when you're upset with Him. Faithful waiting on God is faithful prayer. In the meantime, spoiler alert, Lazarus dies. The Kleenex are pulled out as his corpse is carried off. The family's called in. The obituary is written. The funeral commences. And finally, the casket is closed. As the family says their final farewells. And still, no sign of Jesus. What's done is done. There's no turning back. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews, were, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. The call came on a Saturday afternoon, 12.55 p.m. to be exact. Pastor Mark Batterson was at the mall. He was in a dressing room trying on some jeans when his phone rang. We've all gotten that call. Pastor, are you coming? We're all waiting. He had a 1 p.m. wedding he, he was supposed to officiate. The bridal party started worrying much early, but it, it had taken over half an hour for them to track down Batterson's cell number. Several hundred people were in attendance at the wedding, and they waited for well over an hour for the pastor to finally arrive. And, and, and that's exactly what Jesus pronounced when he arrived. I'm so sorry. I was late. Could, could you imagine if Pastor, uh, had, when he had arrived and the wedding finally started, if his first words were what Jesus said, you know what, it's for your sake that I was an hour behind. Jesus was a daredevil. He didn't set his watch to Mary and Martha's for a reason. He dared the devil to unleash his greatest weapon, his, his henchmen, 
death itself upon his friends. Jesus essentially is telling not just the disciples, he's telling the evil one, bring it on. Give us all that you've got. And and so death strikes, Lazarus goes down, and, and all who are at his funeral are seemingly defeated, dry bones. It's for your sake that, that you're walking through this because you're about to see something happen. I want you to notice that John frames this story in the context of discipleship. Do you remember when, when he got the invitation, when the girls sent word, come now and, and heal our brother? The disciples were kind of talking. Jesus, you can't go. Because if you go back, we were there once before, do you remember Jesus? And you were almost stoned to death by the opposition. We really shouldn't go back. John's telling us something. Resurrecting the dead will cost you your life. Resurrection life comes at a cost. Thomas declares, let's go with you, Jesus. Let's go that we may die with him. If you want to experience resurrection life today, whether you're an unbeliever or you've been coming to church a long time, you've said yes to Jesus many times, but the bones are dry today. If you want to experience resurrection life, you must be willing to put to death the old one. Put another way, if you want to walk on water, got to get out of the boat, take a risk, follow the daredevil. In the midst of your uncertainty, when time isn't on your side, when it's late in the fourth quarter, and it just appears too late for a comeback, God is calling you to take a dare. Come follow me and just see what I can do. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their time of loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. guys. By the time Jesus arrived, Lazarus' lifeless body had been decomposing in the tomb for four days. That's 96 hours, 5,760 minutes. Decay had set in. What's done is done, right? But then Jesus arrives on the scene, and and he's got his whole posse with him. The disciples, restoration nation, strolls into town. Martha says, Jesus, if if you just arrived earlier, 
If you'd been on time, I know, I trust you, you could have healed my brother. But now it's too late. How many Christians say, I I trust in Jesus, but it's too late for me? I I know that someday, but not on this day, the damage damage has been done. And, And Jesus' response is simply this, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Not I was, not I could have been. But I am. I am here. Right here. Right now. This is a divine appointment. Resurrection has resurrection life has come to your doorstep. Jesus says, haven't you heard? I'm the author of the molecular. I turn hydrogen and oxygen into wine. I'm the only one who transcends space and time, healing people on the other side of the world. In a moment, I'm the master of the wind and the waves who, who waltzes on the water tops and, and invites you to dance with me. Nothing is impossible for me. And then he asks the sisters, and I wonder if he's asking you and me the same today. Do you believe this in me? Or have you become so overwhelmed by grief so overcome by despair, so tired of waiting that you've actually begun to believe Satan's lies. Maybe it is too late for me. Maybe I am too old. Maybe I'll never be that smart. Maybe I am just beyond repair. Friends, we may not be able to rewrite history. But Jesus can resurrect a whole new future. He can give us a second chance, another shot. To believe in Jesus is to believe not just in the someday. Someday I'll float off to heaven. Someday He'll resurrect and make what's wrong right. It's to believe in the One who is here on this day. Today, Jesus is with us. He stands before us and he invites us to take him at his word. How many of us have lost hope? It was dead and buried long ago. Some of us maybe have suffered spiritual death after a a long battle with compassion fatigue. With so many needs around us, our, our hearts are hurting for others for so long. You're, you're on life support now. How many of us have buried our courage, our integrity, our conviction? We laid to rest this dynamic life in Christ that once kind of just drove us. You believe in Jesus, but you stop daring to trust Him. Jesus' question resurrects something deep within Martha. I do believe. And her simple faith in the midst of uncertainty, it becomes the catalyst for a miracle that we're still talking about today. Do you believe? I believe. Let's go. Where have you laid Lazarus, Jesus asks. Come and see, they reply. Now, right there, any good writer 
would have closed the proverbial curtain on this setting for discussion between uh, Jesus and Mary and Martha. They would have closed the curtain and then reopened it again uh, on the tombs. But John, instead, he, he decides a, to add a kind of few narrator lines. He simply says, Jesus wept. Why in the world was Jesus crying? He'd already told the disciples before he arrived, just watch what I can do. He knew resurrection life was coming. Why was he crying? Friends, can I just tell you that while God holds the future, while he knows what's coming, he still lives in the here and now with us. While we hope in the future, we still hurt in the present, and so does Jesus. We grieve the decay and death that's all around us, and right alongside us, so does Jesus. In in the sad reality of a decaying world, God's not saying to us, suck it up. Stop crying. Get over it. I'm going to do something here. You just need to have more faith. Genuine belief in God. Genuine belief in the resurrection. It, It means a willingness to walk with people right through their pain here and now. Yes, I know God holds the future. But right here and now, in the midst of the uncertainty, I'll walk with you. When you are faithless, I I will be faithful to you. Jesus walks with Mary and the Martha to the tomb, grieving with them as they make their way. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the room. It was a came tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone. He said, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I, say, I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Thank you, guys. I want you to notice something. Jesus puts his whole reputation, his whole ministry career on the line here in this one activity. When he arrived at the tomb and he got people's attention and demanded that they roll the stone away, no doubt there were more than a few who were a little disturbed by this insensitive command. Here we are grieving Leave us alone. But then Jesus takes it to a whole nother level and he proclaims, Lazarus, come out. Nobody had a stopwatch that day. I don't think so. But, but I can't help but wonder just how many ticks 
of the clock passed from the exact moment of Jesus' pronouncement to come out until Lazarus emerged. Was it immediate? Was it five seconds? Was it, was it five minutes? I wonder if Jesus, remember, he was fully human. I wonder, he, he would sweat um, blood, and, but I, I just wonder if he was kind of sweating something. Did people's eyes roll? Did, did a few walk away and, and totally miss the miracle? What if? What if Lazarus doesn't come out? What if Jesus misunderstood his Father's will here? Oh, it was a metaphorical miracle. <laughs> He didn't really mean to call him out. Jesus risked everything in trusting obedience to the Father. In his book, uh, Grave Robber, Mark Batterson, he concludes that when Lazarus finally did emerge, there wasn't one, but two miracles that took place that day. The first one, of course, was Jesus called a dead man out of the grave. But the second was the miracle of Lazarus being able to stand up and actually walk out of the grave. The embalming practices of first century Israel, it included, included taking um, this linen and, and wrapping it tightly around the entire body, the head, the arms and hands, the legs and feet, and many, many cloths. The linen wrapping was an attempt to seal in all of the preservatives, the spices, the oils that were placed all over the body, hoping to slow the inevitable decay and death. Lazarus was mummified. And so can you imagine his struggle to stand up, to, to come out of the tomb? I, I don't know that he walked out. I, I bet it looked more like a, a hop. Or a, a shuffle. You remember the name Icky Woods? Um, Sunday, October 10th, 1988. It, it was a significant day in the city of Cincinnati and professional football, football fans everywhere. It, it was the day the world was first introduced to what? The Icky Shuffle. You remember the Icky Shuffle? Icky Woods, the famous Cincinnati Bengals running back, he scored a touchdown. And as the stadium crowd went wild, he performed that now famous dance, you know. Two steps to the right, two steps to the left. And for some reason, Woods' touchdown dance, it captured the world's attention. And this dance caught on. When those at the tomb saw Lazarus, shuffling out. I, I wonder if a dance caught on as they were high-fiving and, and celebrating what just happened. I bet the Lazarus shuffle, it, it caught in. I, I bet it was performed at, the, at when Jesus entered Jerusalem and, and all the crowds were there and they were celebrating Messiah and shouting Hosanna and doing high-fives. I bet there were at least a few people that were doing the Lazarus shuffle. You wouldn't believe what we saw in Bethany. The dead man came out. John tells us this at the very beginning of verse four, uh, 44. And 
Now, if I were John's editor, I would have said that is a great place to, again, pull the curtain and finish the story. But John provides one final detail. As Lazarus shuffles out, still constricted by the the, the death clothes, he gives a command to those gathered around, those who were witnesses of the resurrection. He says, remove the grave clothes. You see, he had been raised from the dead, but he, but he still needed the help of others for the new life that Jesus had given to him. How, how many Christians have received this gift of, of new and eternal life in Jesus, yet we're still walking around, hopping constricted by the grave clothes. Fear has just kept us in in tow. Worry overwhelms. Unforgiveness won't let go. Regret has just got its way wrapped around us. Restoration Church, we're, we're called to help one another find freedom. Whether it's financial freedom, relational victory, letting go of the past. We need help to come alongside our brothers and sisters and and to help them take off the grave clothes and help them to fix their eyes on Jesus, not on their sinking sand. To help them to, to walk, to run the race that has been set out before us. We need help to dance alongside of us. We need to befriend one another encourage one another, dare one another to step out of the boat and and experience another miracle. I am here, right here, right now. I believe God wants to do something in our lives today. Restoration Nation, it's time to hear the voice of the Lord calling us out of the grave. Strip off the grave clothes, all that hinders us from fully following Jesus. The disciples were scared to go back to Bethany. Can you imagine if they'd said no? They would have missed the miracle. If you want to follow me, take up your cross. Surrender it all. Die to yourself. And in so doing, find life. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? John tells us, resurrection life, it's not just for someday. It is a gift for today. The good news of the gospel is that God can take what's dead and decaying and restore it, renew it, give us a second chance. Are you spiritually dead this morning? Friends, apart from a trusting relationship with Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us that we are eternally dead, separated from the one who breathes the life of the Holy Spirit in us. Maybe today would be the day that Jesus, who's been crying, come out of sin, Come out of self-centered living and find life. Maybe today would be the day that you would dare to believe that Jesus is the resurrection 
and the life. There may be some of us here that we've said yes to Jesus. We've been seeking to follow him, but there has been spiritual decay going on in our lives. Maybe in some ways you're not following him. Maybe in some ways you're not finding victory. Maybe this could be the day when life has come to your doorstep. When you would allow God, maybe even through the support and encouragement of some others, strip away the grave clothes. Thank you.